You're listening to Through Help and Back. Through Help and Back is a podcast focused on mental health, addiction, treatment, recovery, and all things related to personal improvement and wellness. Don't worry, we're not here to talk about problems without solutions, and we're definitely not here to talk about struggles without success. So come with your problems, leave with our solutions. Welcome to Through Help and Back. Uh, as most of you know, because you're, you're here and you're watching, uh, Through Help and Back is a podcast focused on issues related to mental health and addiction, but always in a transformational, always in a positive light. Um, that word transformation is going to be key to our conversation today. Uh, I'm incredibly excited for our guest. Uh, we have somebody coming to us who is actually physically located in Canada, but has had many travels around the world. She didn't originate in Canada, so we're excited to get that backstory. Um, she is working as a spiritual transformation coach, uh, which is as amazing as it sounds, even on the title, uh, helping people sort of transform themselves from the inside out, change their worldview, change their mindset, and really just change their experience um, of the life that they're having through her work. Very excited to have her here today. Uh, she is Sakshi Mahotra. Uh, she's coming to us from Canada, but she has a lot of stories to share. Uh, Sakshi, I'm so happy to have you here. Uh, thank you so much for coming by. Thank you so much, Jason. That was such a sweet introduction. Oh, no. Well, the best thing about the introductions is, is they're very honest and accurate. So if you like what, uh, what you hear, uh, that says a lot about the work that you're doing. We're very honored to have you here. So um, starting nice and easy, how is, how is life in Canada today? How are things up there? Well, here in Canada, um, the spring is around the corner as like it's uh, as the weather says, but uh, it's still snowing. The winter storms are still over here. So there are no signs of spring, so as to say. But yes, the life is transforming. So I'm excited for it. That's good. That's good. So no, uh, no, no early flowers, no green just yet. You guys are still buried. Yeah. Still snowed here. <laughs> Yeah, and that's not that's not um, that's not that was quite a transformation for you, uh, living in a, a, a snowy you know kind of environment like that. That's not where you grew up, was it? What was your what was your upbringing? Where are you from originally? Actually, uh, I'm from India. I'm from Ludhiana, which is a city in Punjab. So Punjab is like a province, as we call here in Canada. There we call state. So Punjab is a state in India. So that's where I'm from. That's where I grew up and I was born there. And uh, I came to Canada just like four, over four years ago as a student. So yes, that's what my background is. Amazing. So from an American point of view, when we think of India, uh, you know, we're going to get into sort of this idea of spiritual transformation and things like that. That's something that that we've been taught is very much part of your culture. So were you uh, sort of exposed to that or taught that growing up? I mean, have spiritual elements and spiritual transformation been part of your life, your whole life? In India, uh, the culture that I'm from, uh, which is Hinduism, uh, that is largely based on spirituality. So we have been like talking about whether it's religion or being spiritual, being connected to God or being connected to yourself. We have always been talking about that, like in our family. So like it's it's an open topic and not something to be, you know, scared of to talk about. Gotcha. Gotcha. And so you mentioned that I, I wanted to follow up. Um, you mentioned, you made the comment there. It doesn't matter if people identify that as religious or spiritual. So that's something that's been, you know, kind of in the conversation for a long time where people use it here to kind of back away from the religious aspect. Like, whoa, whoa, I'm not talking religious. I'm just talking spiritual. Um, is that how it's used in India as well? Or are those two more intertwined and interconnected? Yes, I would say they are like more intertwined, but not th that is not something like same. I would say they're like very much, you know, supporting each other. Gotcha. Um, yeah, because I think about even with your your work as a spiritual transformation coach, do you touch on religious elements as well? Or do you tend to stay more on the spiritual side? No, I do not touch on the religious aspects because what I believe is like spirituality has something to do with yourself alone as a human being and not something to, you know, go into the deeper roots of what religion is. Gotcha. So more of an inside out kind of who you are individually. Yeah, okay. That makes sense. So what, what brought you to Canada, if, we, if I can ask? I mean, it seems like a, it's not like you moved down the street uh, to tra <laughs> transition from India to Canada is a big move. So what was going on and... You know, what, what, what motivated and inspired that? Actually, like back in India, uh, after my graduation, I was working in a job. But at the time, uh, it was actually not my vision to come here. It was sort of an opportunity that was offered to me. Uh, I would say that was like part of the prayers 
that my mother, you know, had for me and my brother. I had a younger sibling as well who is in Canada with me. So uh, she's like a very religious and a spiritual person. So uh, uh, like I belong to a lower uh, middle class family. So we were like in a lot of financial struggles at that time. And we did not sort of like saw a way out of our uh, the situations we were in so she like has prayed a lot for us and uh in in some time like a sort of opportunity flew our way and one of our uh, known relatives uh so he sort of came in because me and my brother were a little bit good in academics so he offered us the opportunity to actually sponsor our education to come here so like we were really grateful that we got that opportunity like it was not a plan but i think it was in a destiny I talk with so many guests and have had, you know, clients and therapy, you know, in therapy and with that, that version of their story is the story where it's like, it wasn't something I was necessarily had written down as a goal. It wasn't something I was like intentionally seeking, but it felt almost like it was seeking me, right? Like it found you as an opportunity. So. Yes, that's right. So your mom, your mom wants this. She's very supportive and she thinks this is a good idea and she wanted you guys to, to move. Yeah, because like she saw like uh, her children are capable and they have talents and she always wanted to wanted us to, you know, grow in specific careers or where we want to go ahead. But in the situations we were in, we had like no resources at the time, but the only resource we had was prayers. So that's what she did, I think. And that has been like really powerful. Like I always wanted to be independent and to do something in my life, but I didn't know like what to do. But I think life sort of brought me here. And you were open to it and you rode that wave and and here you are. So it's not just life giving you the opportunity, it's you being open to it. Because how old were you when you when you moved? I think I would say around 22 years old. I mean, that's a big change for a 22 year old to sort of leave your life and your family connections. And and it's interesting you, you label prayer as a resource. Like, I really like that. I was catching that when you're talking. My, we didn't have many resources um, except for prayer. Um, it's it's funny. We I attended a conference a long time ago. In our world, um, a therapy, there's always this worshiping of evidence-based resources, right? We want to do evidence-based practices. And that means some college student from Connecticut got you know, 40 prisoners in a room and they did a survey and then they did an intervention and then they did it again. And that means something for somebody in Arizona. <clears throat> I'm, I'm skeptical of a lot of the evidence-based work, but, um, you know, what happens with that is some of the things like spirituality and religious notions that are not necessarily in a lab or in a clean anesthetic sort of antiseptic, sorry, um, sometimes anesthetic if you're if you're going under, mostly antiseptic though, um, they don't fit. They don't fit nice and neatly with the scientific point of view. So things like prayer and church and really just get pushed to the side. Uh, but you still believe prayer is a resource and I do as well. I think that's, that's amazing. Yes, totally. I think they're the most powerful things that we actually, you know, undervalue, but it's really powerful when you do with pure intention. So that sort of helps you to reach where you want your intention. Yeah, we'll have to talk about that. So was this um, this final move, and I, I won't stay on this forever, but I am really interested in the background. I always am so curious about how people ended up where they were, right? Because very rare is it the case where somebody sits down at eight years old and writes out what their life is going to be, and then it actually becomes that, right? We all are subject to these changes. Um, was this something? Was this a life? Was this a practice? Or was this a, an experience that was just not accessible to you in India because of family resources? Or is this a situation of the cultural environment there would not have supported this type of career? It was a combination of both. Like, why was this not possible for you back home? Actually, uh, I didn't even know that I would be in this field uh, only until just over a year ago. So uh, what I always had in my mind was to be independent, to do something of my own, you know, not living a normal life, like being in a job, working under someone. So that's what I never wanted. I always used to visualize. uh, I think it's the power of visualization. I always used to visualize how I want my life to be like a strong, independent woman and and I'll be doing everything on my own and building up my life, uh, working for myself. So that's what I always had in my head. So I think that sort of played out with my mother's prayers. She knew that independent streak. So, And you're close. <laughs> you're, you're in Canada, which is good. But if you really want to capture that, that I can do it independent spirit, you, you maybe need to move a couple hours south because that is very that is a very American 
uh, <laughs> mindset. That's what this whole thing's been built on, right? Like we can do it. So I can do it. So, so tell me more about this transformation then. So you are, I mean, you said economics, right? It was sort of your background and you were good in that. And so what were you doing a year ago and how did things change for you that now you've switched over to the spiritual transformation field? So before I switched over here, I was just uh, working in a job, like in a restaurant. Like I'm still working part time somewhere. But at that time, um, I was like feeling like totally fed up the way, you know, I have been like uh, doing jobs since I was 18. So it was also that pressure that how I want my life to be. And it's not really working in that way. So I wanted to identify what is it that's stopping me. So I started understanding myself, my situations, like how my life is playing out and what are the patterns in my life that's not working for me. So I started exploring more of myself and my life, like sort of analyzing my whole life. So uh, that sort of pushed me to explore different fields. Like before coming into this field, I explored various fields. Like uh, I used to make uh, fashion videos like uh, related to whether makeup or clothing and all that. I did it for a few months. I did, you know, making reels and posting content. But that sort of, you know, after a few months, that uh, inspiration or that fire fade away. Then I went into the digital marketing feed because at that time it was really booming. So I thought, okay, maybe I can try that because it's, you know, booming. So uh, so the, what, what was in my head was actually money, but not actually the real purpose of service. So that eventually didn't turn out well for me. And after that, I also tried one more field, which was cooking, because I thought, okay, I make some good food. Maybe let's try, maybe, you know, make recipes and share what I like. But uh, yeah, uh, for a few months, I did that. And, you know, again, the same thing. And I was like, really fed up okay nothing is working out for me can I really do something in my life or would I be just you know experimenting and going nowhere so yeah uh, I finally uh, what actually helped me earlier like prayer I finally resorted to that I finally prayed to God to the universe I asked for help and guidance like uh, enough is enough I do want to be of service to the community please guide me to where my life needs to be I do not want to you know work in a job I do want to do something that can bring meaning to not only to my life but to others lives as well I think uh, that's where like it all started I'm kind of digesting that I mean that's (laughs) it's it's a that's a lot you know what I mean that's some heavy stuff for uh, very early age. And I think about people, a lot of people we've talked to in their early twenties. And I just don't know that they're having those conversations with themselves. You know what I mean? They're sort of like they're either in college or they're kind of working a job, but I use the word floating. We have a lot of young people that I think are floating they're, They haven't quite connected to their purpose. Um, they haven't quite disconnected from their family of origin. They're still kind of a child, not sort of an adult, you know, that kind of thing. But you use that phrase, enough is enough. That was an uncomfortable feeling for you. You didn't like floating. You didn't like being in the middle, huh? Yeah, not at all. Yeah. Didn't work for you. Um, And I think what's interesting too is you said my first motivation was kind of independence, entrepreneurial spirit, money. And now you're in a mindset of service. And as you are looking for ways to give, it's actually given you a lot more in return. Has that been your experience? Yeah. Totally. Yes. Because when we start something just with the mindset that we want to earn money, I think it never will plays out. And I I sort of observed from all the experiences that I have by trying out different fields, it never really worked out for me. So I think, okay, now it's time to go really deep and actually understand what, you know, my soul wants to do, not just, you know, what my brain wants, according to what is going on in the world. So when I went deep, that's when I got the answers. Yeah. Yeah. I think we get things out of order sometimes where we want the outcome because of course with success and expertise and things like that, money comes, but we sort of want to skip to that, that last part. Right. And I just want the, outcome. I don't want the process. So So tell me, so tell me about the early origins. And so were you already engaged in spiritual transformation practices on a personal level? Did you receive training in this? Like how did you first kind of get focused on this and get started learning how to facilitate you know, the spiritual transformations and others. 
actually earlier uh, when i actually understood you know what i want to do uh, to go into the field of service then i started exploring the fields like what are the possible fields where i can go in which you know i like to be of service so when i explored the field of coaching so that's what sort of you know um uh, sparked my interest okay this is something that really resonates with me right now and uh, the way i want to be of service that sort of uh, sits perfectly earlier I just wanted to be uh, in the field of career coaching uh, because of the research that I did a little bit but as I was going through the course and understanding so many aspects of myself my experiences and exploring my emotions and feelings I understood uh, this should be something that is more related to myself and not just what's going on around me, like the same thing. So not according to what is going on, uh, what's, you know, uh, really trendy, but actually, you know, what really relates to you. So uh, I started going back to all the experiences that I had, the way I changed myself, uh, my spiritual journey, I would say, sort of started uh, three years back. So I started observing all the things and that sort of uh, connected to me so well. So during when I was going through this journey, that's when I actually decided, OK, no, I don't want to go into what is really trendy, but actually that is that comes from my personal experience. And that's, I think, that's the best way to actually help. When you know something, you can understand people really well and they connect to you properly. No, I think that's so important. And as a parent, I, that's that's kind of what we want for our children as well. Is like you said, not what's trendy. Like, don't worry about what the rest of the world is doing, right? If everybody's going this way, but this resonates with you and this works for you and this feels right for you, well, then go do that, right? And it doesn't matter if there's a ready-made market. You know, you get these job surveys that say like, you know, X amount of jobs are going to be in healthcare in 20 years. And so people <laughs> push their kids into healthcare. Like, look, there's going to be jobs. You should go do healthcare, you know? And you've got somebody over there who wants to play the violin. And you're like, well, then just get really good at that. Because if you become great at that, people will pay you <laughs> to play the violin. And you will also be fulfilled personally. And you can teach others, which is an amazing instinct. So that's what you're experiencing with this process, it sounds like. Yes, yes, totally. I totally agree with that. So hard to do, though. So hard to do. 20-something years old, half a world away from home. I'm going to dump everything. I'm going to change everything. I mean, there had to be some some anxiety and some fear and, and some doubt that went along with this. I mean, how did you deal with all of those those feelings? Or were you confident right from the start? Did you say, nope, this makes sense and I'm going for it? Like, how was that internally? Did you struggle with that? Was there fear involved or were you, you know, were you okay? Yes, actually, uh, that's the beauty of starting something. You get, you know, your mind tells you this is something really difficult. This is out of your scope. You don't know anything. You have to do everything by yourself. Nothing is, you know, on your platter. You have to build everything from scratch. So mind does trick you to actually you know, take a step back. But uh, since I had all those previous experiences that, okay, nothing is satisfying me. I know this is something that really resonates with me. I have to do it no matter what. However, I will fight with the challenges, uh, whatever like comes my way. And I'm like, you know, ready for it. Though I was not confident, there are still days I still struggle with whether it's about speaking out about myself, you know, while speaking on stories, while posting the content or while making reels, whatever it is, I still, you know, have that fear. But I think we have to constantly work on ourselves to actually, you know, go with the flow of life. So you had mentioned, you said three years ago, you started a spiritual transformation. Is that you know, is that something that you share directly with your clients? And do you use that as a guide? I mean, are there lessons learned from your transformation that you find useful helping others? Uh, I do not directly share my journey, but it really depends how uh, much resonation of my journey is with the client in front of me. So according to that, I share my journey so that they also uh, feel that uh, you should not lose hope. There is always a way out. Uh, it's really on you how you take the steps to actually come out of it. So let's let's start with the basics. And so if I'm, you know, I just find your website and I see that there's, you know, you're helping facilitate and, and guide people through spiritual transformations and spiritual journeys. You know, what is that? What is the basis of a, a spiritual transformation? If I'm signing up for that or if I'm seeking that, what exactly am I about to go through? Like, what is the spiritual transformation? Uh, what I think the basis of 
uh, everything is actually awareness. So I firstly work on developing self-awareness within each and every single of my client. So that's what my coaching method is as well. So I help them discover self-awareness through the different tools that comes from my experience, plus what I have learned as well from the professional experience. Uh, Then comes the part when we accept, because so much of the unhealed emotions lie where we do not accept that something has happened with us. So that's where the second part comes. When you accept, that's when you actually understand, okay, now it has happened. Now I can think of the solutions to actually move through it, like not ignore it, but actually move through those emotions and feelings so that they don't stop you when you move forward. And the last is actually empowering them with the right tools, with the right mindset so that they can keep on moving forward and not fall back. Okay. So let's, let's break those up a little bit. So with self-awareness being first, um, what do you see as people struggling with in regards to self-awareness? Like why, what keeps people from being self-aware naturally? Actually not understanding their emotions. Like where is it coming from? They don't see underneath like okay they have a certain emotion whether it's anger resentment or guilt but they don't know where is it coming from and why they even had it say uh if someone is hurt because of a friend but they don't know where hurt is coming from what's the underlying feeling or what are the underlying thoughts behind it so actually understanding where is it coming from helps you to understand okay this is the reason now what is there to do is there any deeper layer has it uh, been like a pattern in my life that uh, for example uh, if you have a friend uh, uh, who broke your trust once and uh, when you move forward you won't be able to regain uh, they won't be able to regain your trust and if you meet more people in your life firstly you will see them in the eyes of trust okay whether this person is trustworthy or not and maybe every single person you're meeting or every new friend you want to make, you will see through the lens of trust and you will see, okay, I can't trust people easily, but why, why you can't trust? Where did it actually firstly stem from? So we go into the deeper roots where exactly that feeling or emotion is coming from, understanding that and resolving that to actually either accepting or actually move through that emotion that if okay, you can't really do anything with it. You can't really talk to that friend because they're no longer a friend or they won't listen. So what is it that you can do to accept that situation and move forward? And a lot of those blocks to that process are, that you're seeing in people, is it does it stem from hurt? Is it stem from trauma? I mean, are we talking like early childhood experiences, traumatic events, um, recent hurts? I mean, does it always kind of come from a place of pain that those blocks get set up in, in, in your work? Is that what you're seeing? Actually, it's related to all of it. Sometimes it could be something recent, but most of the part is actually how we actually grow up since our childhood. How were you actually brought up in your family and the circumstances and the friend circle that you had at that time? Because over years, we uh, kept on uh, packing up layers and layers of deconditioning, and you don't even know where exactly your behaviors and belief systems are actually coming from. You don't even like know anything about where your true emotions are coming from, whether it, it is actually your emotion or it is something that has been conditioned to you. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Because you said deconditioning. I'm interested in, in how that plays a role. So conditioning in terms of what your parents were taught and then deconditioning in terms of unlearning that and learning what works for you. Is that how you're using deconditioning? Exactly. So uh, like as children, or if I say so, like as a girl, like in a childhood, we are taught to behave in a certain way, to speak in a certain way to, or to actually not even speak in front of like certain groups or to certain people. So we sort of grow with that. Okay. Since I'm a girl, I have to speak only this much and I can't, you know, behave like that because sometimes you are pricked upon, okay, you're a girl, you can't sit like that or you can't talk like that. So, uh, and like in India, I have seen that a lot, like the way it is taught a girl that how you should be and not actually accepting yourself as a human being. So over years, that sort of stays in your mind that, okay, I'm a girl and I have to behave in a particular way or dress in a particular way or speak in a particular way. And I can't do or uh, go to certain professions. So all sort of uh, all that de- con- uh, conditions you 
because of your experiences or the thoughts of other people or what the society is saying. And when you have to uh, become self-aware, you sort of start understanding where exactly your behaviors, your belief systems are coming from. We actually have to unlearn all of that, that we are a human being and everything is possible for us only if we believe in it. I think it's such a a well-timed conversation right now because this concept of identity and whether it be around race or gender um, or any of those type of factors, um, you know, is, is such a huge topic nowadays. And I always struggle with this idea that people are made to feel less than or the flip side of that coin is superior, right? To made to feel inferior or to be made to feel superior based on factors that you had no control over, right? So it's one thing if you dig in, you develop a skill and you become the greatest basketball player in the world. You should feel proud of that because you weren't born the greatest basketball player in the world, right? You had to develop that and you earned that pride. But to be born a male, in my case, I don't know. I I don't know any particular sense of pride or shame I should feel about that. I had nothing to do with it, right? And so it's hard for me to hear those stories like you're talking about even, you know, well, you're a girl, so you can do this, but you can't do that. Um, So that's, you know, I haven't had that experience as a male, but for you, that's still very alive and and well today and people are having to overcome that. That's still a very real experience today. Yes, totally. Yes, it's still still relevant to a lot of, uh, I would say, the female audience, I yeah. Yeah. And how sad is that, right? I mean, that's, I mean, as a young girl, what are you thinking about as you're starting to receive those messages and starting to like evaluate them? I mean, that had to be, it had to be confusing. I mean, what was that like for you to start learning those messages, to be conditioned in the first place? Yes, I think it has been a really difficult journey because we are taught, okay, this is right and this is wrong. We never explore ourselves whether it is even right for me or is it wrong for me. So we never even think of it. We just keep on going on in life and, you know, whether doing the job, doing all the work, going day to day. But we never really go deep why we are actually behaving or talking in a certain way. So that was like the biggest sort of revelations to me that it is something that has been put on me and this is not something to myself. So I really like believe a lot in energy, like how everyone's energy affects you. So it really depends how their thoughts and feelings have been throughout their life. And then they sort of project that onto you. And that's what really conditions you. Before we go on, I want to say a few words about a new behavioral health. A new behavioral health is an outpatient provider of mental health and substance abuse services in Ohio and New Hampshire. That means that a new can successfully treat mental health and substance abuse issues or dual diagnosis if you're struggling with both. Their integrated approach allows for them to successfully address issues related to anxiety, depression, addiction, trauma, and really anything that stands between your life and the life you could be living. You really cannot bring them an issue that they have not successfully treated. They have also solved one of the biggest problems for people seeking help. They have a dedicated team waiting to hear from you at helpnow at anewbh.com. If you contact them today, within 24 hours, you will have heard back from, wait for this, a real live person and will also have your first appointment scheduled at that time. So how do you contact them? Well, if you're in Ohio or New Hampshire, you're probably close to one of their local locations. You're welcome to go in. If not, you can always reach them online at anewbh.com. And if you're interested in services for you or loved one, use that address, helpnow at anewbh.com. That's very key. So with um, abusive parents or people in therapy who arrive at the conclusion that my parents did a poor job, you know, even if it wasn't abusive, right? They gave me messages or taught me things that weren't necessarily true. The first stage of that always seems to be anger or resentment because it's like, how dare they do that to me, right? But what you're saying is there's actually a deeper level where they may have just been passing this along. This may be something that was subconscious for them as well or just carrying on the family tradition, so to speak. Exactly. That, that's totally right, because they were in certain situations and that's how it moves backwards. And that's where right now we are at a point in life that everyone around us is actually now, you know, becoming more self-aware and understanding what other patterns are in our lives. And that's where I really want to help people to move forward. Yeah. And it's so hard too, because um, 
these these lessons, these capital T truths, like, well, this is just the way it is. Uh, invariably, they're they're just bullshit. They're made up. You know what I mean? It's something <laughs> from a long ago time that was put in place, you know, a million years ago and just kind of carried forward. And it's so funny because you get to that awareness part that you're talking about. I bet you a lot of people arrive at a place like, well, this was this was absurd. This was you know almost like I can't believe I went along with that. <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> There's probably some relief to that. So once we've gone through self awareness, now we have to get to the acceptance phase. So how do you how do you help people in that scenario I talked about? Where okay, I'm seeing these patterns. I'm aware of this. I'm aware of where it came from. I'm feeling anger. I'm feeling resentment. Probably some sadness. You know, why would people treat me this way? Why would they teach me these things? It's held me back. I've struggled with this my whole life. So how do you foster that that sense of acceptance in your work so mainly in coaching we actually go deep down in conversations so that's where the most part come in uh so what i believe is uh, when we talk more the emotions that sorts of come to our frontal lobe and we actually starting understanding them and we when we understand everything now it comes to your brain. Okay, there is now there is the need to do something. Now we have to change it. So the next part comes to actually uh, take a physical action towards it. So I also help people to develop some uh, spiritual routine, whether it's uh, including meditation or whether it's journaling or practicing mindfulness. So all these things together and taking action towards where you want to move forward, this sort of uh, becomes like a beautiful garden, which helps you to actually grow. Mm, that's that's good. Yeah, I like the imagery. So how do you how do you deal with um, like a garden? So we'll play with your with your metaphor there for a second. So like a garden, <laughs> how do you deal with with the thorns? How do you deal with the the creatures that want to come in and eat the leaves? How do you deal with a lack of water, a lack of resources, you know what I mean? What do you do when the garden isn't growing or isn't growing in the way that you want? How do you help people make those corrections? As you said, the analogy of a garden. So if the garden's dry, so what's the first step that we can take towards it? We have to either see what's not helping in that garden. So maybe plug the weeds or maybe changing the soil a little bit or uh, putting the fertilizers or whatever is needed. Uh, which I think uh, meditation really plays a big part in that and journaling, which helps you to explore more and more every single day. So putting all of that together and then watering it daily, not just like, you know, let me, okay, let me meditate. I'll meditate today. And since I have time, okay, I'll do that. Then, okay, a month passes and you do nothing. And then you are, you know, back to your coach. Nothing is helping me. So it is really on you if you're taking the necessary steps. If you won't be taking it consistently, it's not going to work. It may work like a little bit, but to see the greater results in time, you have to do it consistently, whether it's, you know, whether you do uh, every single day or alternatively, like not like, you know, just once a month. So you have to be consistent to actually see the results for something. So you don't want to do like we did. So these plants behind me are like our third set of plants because what I do is I just wait till they start turning brown and then I dump <laughs> like gallons and gallons of water on top of them and that doesn't work too well. That wouldn't be something you would recommend. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely not. Yeah. Also, I heard like, uh, I think I read it somewhere that uh, our life moves in seven year cycles. And when we take the steps every single day, we become closer to the person that we were supposed to be. And if you started today, though it's a longer time period, like when you hear seven years, but after seven years, you'll be a completely different person and actually closer to the person that you were actually born to be. And I think it is totally worth it because we are living life free of restrictions and freedom. And we are fully living from our heart and not from the pressures of outside forces. And it's such a struggle with the culture that we've developed globally because everything is right now, right? Like everything is immediate gratification. And so what you're talking about makes all the logical and emotional sense in the world. You make tiny daily deposits you know, investing in yourself, rather through meditation or these spiritual practices, and X amount of years down the road, it's going to be amazing, right? But it's so hard, I think, now in the world where everything's immediate, or you know, what do you mean in seven years, like that, seven years, like I can't even 
focus for seven minutes, right? <laughs> um, so yeah. So how do you do? How do you work with that? How do you deal with that? That you know, delaying gratification and how tough that is. How do you help people cast that vision and stay motivated day to day along that journey? Actually, that's where our uh, brain comes in, like our brain tricks a lot, okay? This is something that's giving me happiness right now. Maybe it's watching a Netflix series, okay? Uh, you know, that comfort zone that we all love and we don't feel like, okay, um, I have to read a book, but maybe I'll watch this series and do it later. And then after watching the series, you're all lazy and you don't even feel like reading a book and you just go to sleep straight away. So it really matters like what you are feeding yourself. So uh, that's where tricking your brain comes in. You have to actually give your brain some sort of uh, gratification that it will get when this is completed. So that's what I love the most. If I read this book, this is what I'm going to gift myself, whether it's a little, you know, a little earring or a little piece, or it doesn't really have to be material, but something that's going to help you forward. If I read this book, I'm going to buy another book or something that actually, you know, gives you a lot of happiness or whether I'll try spend more time with my family. So like in the beginning, it's very difficult to actually trick your brain, but you have to give your brain something so that it actually starts doing that. And also uh, what I like learned through my coaching as well, um, like uh, saying to yourself what you want to do before you go to bed, because what we feed ourselves before we go to sleep, it actually goes straight to our subconscious brain. So that's where like uh, this thing really plays an important part, like go uh, saying to yourself, I want to wake up early. I want to wake up at this time. But why? Like answering your why to yourself, okay, I have to do this, I have to achieve this, if I do this, uh, this is going to bring a positive change in my life. So actually explaining to yourself, why is it important for you? How is it going to help you? That's actually going to help you a lot. And actually, that's the main thing that helped me as well, like personally, because I always used to struggle with waking up early. I always wanted to wake up early. I used to, you know, uh, sleep at around one or two because of the job as well where I was in. But I always, you know, had that in my heart. Okay, I want to wake up early because I know all the successful people wake up early and that's how you can change your life, you know. So I, I heard all those motivation videos and stories. So that was always there in the back of the mind, but it was always difficult for me to actually you know leave that laziness so that's how I actually started teaching myself saying to myself every single day why it's important writing down so actually feeding my brain the right thing before sleep that helped me to actually build that first big habit that was really important to me so afterwards I actually started off waking really early I think 4 or 5 a.m because I had to do my course I wanted to do meditation and all that stuff because when I used to work after coming from work I was I used to feel very lazy I couldn't do much I used to go back to watching series so that's what I did not want but it was difficult for me to actually act on that but starting changing those conversations with my brain before going to sleep helped me a lot. Yeah, and that that motivation to action too. It, I heard a long time ago that it's important to not trust your future self, right? Because our our present self just punishes our future self later. The future self is the one that's going to do the homework. He's going to do the workout. He's going to do the cleanup, right? And by the time you get to future self, well, that guy's tired. He's exhausted. You don't know what state of mind you're in, right? So you, you need to be action-oriented on the front end because future self may not be agreeable to all these plans that that present self is dumping on him, you know? So Yes. Yeah. So um, tell me a little bit about the, the clientele you're working with. So who, you know, if somebody is looking, I mean, cause I don't know, I don't, I work in therapy a lot. I mean, I think it's easy. It's in the, it's in the, you know, the vocabulary, the vernacular, people say like, I need to go to therapy. I need help, things like that. But I don't know that people walk around a lot of times going, I need a spiritual transformation. Right. So what do your, what do your clients come to you with? Like, who are the type of people who may want to consider a spiritual transformation? Like what is going on? What is the symptoms that you're seeing coming through the door where people could really benefit from that process? 
so what I have observed from the experiences, a lot of people can't move on from the emotions and the feelings that they have been holding on from really long. They are not able to either get out the out of the patterns that have been repeating in their life, which has been my like personal experiences as well. So I really understand where they are coming from. And a lot of people dealing with self-doubt, whether the thing that they want to do in life, whether it's even possible for them and how to actually even reach there. So like building habits, uh, having a strong mindset, developing uh, the self-awareness that it is necessary for them to understand where the self-doubt is stemming from, where the emotions and hurt is coming from and understanding all of that and taking the right and necessary steps to move through it. So if you find yourself stuck in those patterns, you find yourself having difficulty coping with, you know, the emotions or getting caught up in different emotional states, uh, mood regulation, things of that nature, that's something that they could really benefit from. Yes, definitely. And can I seek some more clarification on what you guys mean by patterns? You both mentioned those patterns. So what what are those patterns, you know, to be more specific? Sure. Yeah. Go for it, Sasuke. That you? Yeah. So like uh, I will tell according to my personal experiences. So when we see that we are meeting certain peoples in our life, certain people in our life, and they are treating us the same way. For example, in my personal experiences, the kind of guys that I met that I have not been, uh, according to me, I never felt loved enough or cared for, or I was never given proper attention. So that sort of thing, whatever other guy came in my life, I sort of saw that everything is like the same. Why am I not like getting the right kind of guy that, you know, who loves me for who I am, who is not judging me by my looks and is actually accepting me for, you know, for my opinions, understanding me and not, you know, you're not right. This is not something that you should be saying. This is not right. Society thinks this way. Why are you thinking this way? And so all sort of that I observe from all my past experiences that that's something like really repeating in my life throughout the years. So that's where I do understand that something is wrong. Like it has something to do really deep inside me. That's where I started understanding what are my deep emotions and feelings? Where am I coming from? So that's where I place energy um i would say there's feminine energy and masculine energy so that's where i started understanding what actually energy is and there could be wounded feminine energy which means there are certain feelings uh, uh, for example if you are uh, desperate for love or you're too clingy or you're too attached so that sort of comes in the compass of wounded feminine energy so I started observing that where am I coming from and I started working on that that this is something that who I don't want to be I want to accept myself love accept myself fully because I was not giving myself enough love I was searching for it outside I didn't even love myself enough. I was caring for other people, whether it's my friend or my partner. I was not giving enough time for myself. I was doing everything for them, but nothing for myself. So I lacked self-love a lot. So that's where when I said enough is enough, now this has to change. Uh, I know, I believe that I do deserve better. So this thing, this pattern has to change in my life. So that's where I said no to all what had been repeating in my life and started making changes internally, gave myself love, accepted myself for who I am and ignored uh, what other people were saying or moving through that. So that's where the changes came in my life. And that's where I love to help people in actually helping them understand what's going on actually. What in the world did you mean by people judging you for your looks? Uh, I have been uh, really just for how lean I am or since I have been a brown kid, uh, I had a duskier complexion earlier. So I have been always said that, you know, you don't look good. You are ugly. Like when I was a little child and you can imagine <laughs> when a child has said that how it sort of, you know, uh, goes in their brain. So like till this date, I'm still just for, you know, the way I look. Uh, but I have now accepted for who I am and I really love myself. I didn't use to myself earlier because I used to accept what people are saying. Okay, this is what they're saying. That's mean that's what I am. But 
when I started understanding myself and loved myself, then I knew, okay, this has nothing to do with me, but themselves, like how their brain operates. So <laughs> I'm just, I'm, I'm, Ian and I are kind of looking at each other. I'm just kind of floored by that because, um, yeah, I mean, you're gorgeous. Like you're, you're very, very attractive. And the idea that somebody would sit down with you and be like, well, I don't have to listen to your opinions because if your looks, I thought it was the opposite. I thought it was a thing <laughs> where they were like, well, there's this, there's this pretty girl here. And so I don't have to listen to her opinions because maybe she's, you know, superficial, not, not a lot of substance. So I'm loving this moment so much because like our, <laughs> our reception of you and I think external outside in looking in is like, well, here's somebody who's very beautiful. Her problems with dealing with her looks probably have to do with the fact that people aren't taking her seriously or maybe you're just focused on her looks. Your inside out experiences, not good enough, ugly, you know, people are you know, judging me, feeling like they don't have to take me seriously because I don't look good enough. That isn't, that's insane to me, but it's also what I think so many people go through, right? Where that, that mismatch between how the world is receiving you versus how you perceive yourself can create some real cognitive dissonance, right? Because you're moving through your life like, am I good enough? And there's people on the outside looking at it going like, wow, she's great. You know what I mean? So I think everybody <laughs> goes through that in some, some level. So I don't know. That's, it's so interesting. That's why I, I hated to be abrupt and just ask that question that way, but I was like, I was caught on that when she said and I was judged for my looks and I was like, I, I was just so stuck. So um, I don't know. I don't know if you find that as interesting as, as I do, but I'm fascinated by that because you're having a totally different experience than like anybody else around you at the same time. So yes, yes, totally. Because I think that change sort of occurred when I accepted myself. Okay, the way I look, I'm pretty and I'm okay for how I look. And that's, I think the real changes actually started occurring in my outside world as well. And the people's perceptions actually changed towards me. So I think when I changed inside, my outside world changed as well. Got you. So five years ago, we're having yes. this conversation. We might have received you differently because you were seeing yourself differently and not acting in accordance. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Yes. And it speaks to something that I've thought of for a long time. I think a lot of this when our with our struggles, um, especially when it comes to being unsatisfied with how our life is going, have to do a lot with identity. I think the most powerful drug to our brain, you've talked a lot about having to trick our brains, which is crazy because like we are our brains, like it's part of us, but we have to like work with and against our brain, which is mind boggling. But the brain loves to be right, right? Like there's no stronger thing to say than I knew it, right? And so I worked with people who struggle with addiction for a long time and we worked on the labels a lot. And so if they, you know, a lot of people look down on people who struggle with addiction. They think that they're morally bankrupt. They think that they just don't have enough willpower. They think that they just are like bad people. They start assigning labels like junkie or loser and failure and things like that to them. And the problem is, is you got to make sure that that water stays outside of the boat, because if that gets inside, we will prove ourselves right over and over and over again, no matter what it takes. People who see themselves as losers will lose. They just will. No matter what resources are put on their side, they'll lose. And at the end of the day, when they've gotten their butts kicked and they've gone home with another loss, they'll go, I knew it. I knew it. I'm a loser. And that feels good in a weird way, right? Winners do the exact same thing in the opposite direction. It doesn't matter how many times they, they fail, they keep going until they win. And then they go, I knew it. I knew I was going to eventually win because I'm a winner. And that, the brain goes, boom, dopamine, serotonin. It rewards the heck out of that. So I love this perspective that you've given because we're saying it's outside in, but it may be an inside out thing. You see yourself differently, which is allowing us to react to you in a different way. I think that's... Yes, totally. I think that's an amazing point that so many people could benefit from. I really do. Yeah. I think it's totally about about like believing. Like what you believe, it's eventually going to come into your reality. And you can't fake it, right? So people who are into like manifesting their reality and things of that nature, I don't know if you do that type of work because sometimes a little bit of that before you go to bed, picturing the next day and lining that out, there's a little bit of manifestation work that's happening there. Uh, but I think that that's, that's so key um, to recognize that because you are literally kind of creating your reality as you go along. And that can be in either direction. So you have to be careful with it, right? Because you can't fake it. You can't say, I, you know, I want to have a lot, of, a lot of money or I want to be successful because what you're actually reinforcing is the fact that you're not successful, right? That lack of, you're reinforcing the lack 
where you have to invest in the abundance. There's a, a mantra that people use sometimes in meditation where they say, like, everything I, I need, I already have. And everything I want is on its way to me, right? Totally. I, I love that one. Yeah. <laughs> and so um, I think that's, but it's so hard. It's so hard to overcome some of those past lessons and that deprogramming and deconditioning like you were talking about. So. Yes, totally. I think affirmations are like a powerful way to actually start deconditioning your brain. And that was the first step actually that I took. Like along with meditation, affirmations was like my first thing that when I was introduced to it, like three years back, that's what I started uh, using it. And that's, you know, when my brain started, you know, uh, the way we say your neural pathways change when you feed new information into your brain. So that's what started happening with me. And now where I am, I think it's completely amazing. Yeah, no. And the, and the confidence in, that you radiate and, you know, it, you know, it, like I said, to watch you five years ago, we probably wouldn't have seen that. So um, hopefully not. <laughs> hopefully you're taking some time to appreciate that progress in your own life as you're teaching others, because it sounds like it's been quite a journey for you individually. So yes, yes. So tell me a little bit. So obviously we want people to reach out to you if they, you know, if they want assistance with this, you, you're working across many countries, you can, you know, but for those people who maybe don't have access or aren't quite ready to engage in, you know, the formal spiritual transformation, what would be kind of your general advice to people? What are two or three things that, you know, you feel like everybody should be doing to make those daily investments in themselves that they're maybe not currently doing? I think the first step comes in when you start uh, tricking your brain because that's the first thing that will actually push you backwards to actually, you know, even move uh, through that situation or that feeling. So for that, I really recommend using affirmations. Like that's what I started with personally as well. And the second thing, I recommend meditation a lot because uh of so many personal experiences and the changes that I had because of it, I became such a calmer person. If I would tell you I used to get angry very easily, I don't think so you would believe it that I was an angry person, but that actually, you know, that was the biggest change that came in me, the calmer perspective that I had, also a lot of perspectives, the subtle differences that I started observing in my day-to-day life and becoming more peaceful and more focused because I used to lack concentration a lot I never was able to concentrate on one thing at a time if I'm doing something I'll use my phone or I'll you know do take another step used to jump between tasks and never really finishing anything so that's where you know meditation helped me a lot so I think that's the best thing that actually someone can do it whether it's for just five minutes maybe just sitting with your emotions and understanding your feelings I think that's gonna be really helpful And the third thing that I really recommend each one of my clients is journaling, just writing out. If you can't talk to anyone, just write about it. I think that's the best thing you can do and to serve yourself. So, yeah, these are the three things and the main tools that I recommend everyone who meets me. What uh, When you get to the journaling piece, do you focus them? Is it like a guided? Do you have a prompt or do you want them to just open form whatever comes out? Yes, actually, uh, I do have my own journal as well, which I give to my clients, which I made last year. So a lot of uh, deeper questions that you would or no one will actually ask you. So really going deep into that, it really depends on which part you want to focus on, whether it's self-acceptance, whether it's self-awareness or whether it's related to, you know, money, like make uh, developing a money mindset, the lack or scarcity mindset, changing that. So it really depends. You have to ask yourself particular questions to actually change that mindset. So I really recommend going according to your particular situation. I, I always love individualized interventions, right? Because it has to fit. It has to fit. Yes. What, um, in your experience and with your clients, maybe that are working with you or that are trying to do this on their own, what are some common mistakes that people make as they're trying to undergo this process? Like how do people get in their own way? How do they trip themselves up? Like what are some of the things that you would suggest? Those are some great suggestions that they should do. What are some things that they need to watch out for or to avoid as they're entering their transformation? A lot of times people think that it's not okay to take help and they want to do everything on their own because they are told that you are strong enough, you don't need to cry. So actually suppressing their emotions and not 
taking that help. So that's the first thing that like I observe a lot. Everyone says that I know I can do it. I don't need anyone's help. Uh, so that's the first, you know, uh, block that I do observe in everyone. And the other thing uh, that I also see is uh, like the comfort zone that they're in. Sometimes it's very hard to actually go out of it. That they think that they're very busy. Their lifestyle is very busy. They can't really take out time for anything because they have to go to work. They have to look out at their family. They have to make food. They have to do groceries. And then they, you know, make up excuses and excuses. But I do feel if you really want to do something, you can take out time. Because like when I started doing this course, I was doing a full-time job. I was doing everything on my own. Since we know like in Canada, we have to make our own food, do everything, whether it's house cleaning or groceries so like in the beginning I also thought I can't really take out time so I started doing the quotes at the same time working full-time and at the same time I also hired a coach even in fact I knew that my schedule was very tight after understanding the importance of coaching I knew that I do need a coach to actually organize my life and understand myself even more so I think it's always about uh the why behind like always reminding yourself why you want to do this and then you will be able to you know take out time for it no matter what yeah it's like it's like working out in a way like people say i'm too tired to work out but they don't realize the workout gives you energy it doesn't take it away right and so it's like these practices that you're talking about you kind of you started from a place of i've got to handle all these things myself i don't have time and then you almost tripled up on your time and it still paid off. I mean, you're in yes. a much better position today than you were before. So that's amazing. So how do, um, I, I want to wrap up here, but how do people find you? I want to make sure that people can connect with you if they, if they have an interest, if they've been struck by something you say today, like how, how do they reach out to you? I'm available on a few platforms uh, like Instagram. Uh, I am available as yourlifereset.co and that's uh, the name of my website as well. So I'm available there. Plus, I'm also available on LinkedIn just for people, you know, who are more towards the corporate side. But it's a time, you know, changing. Everyone is realizing that we need to change within ourselves so as to uh, bring uh, the changes in the outside world. So there I'm available as my name, Sakshi Malhotra. So that's where people can find me. And both the places, I always have all my links in my bio. And I'm also starting my uh, TikTok as well. I just recently started. So same name, yourlifereset.co. Awesome. And when they do reach out, what are they signing up for? So are there different packages or there is it individualized? Like how do you set up a plan for them? So I have both the options. I have pre-made packages that people can select relating to how much time they can devote and what kind of transformation they're actually looking for. So like a six weeks package, which I call like inner self-alignment, like firstly understanding yourself. And then I have a 14 weeks package, which I call as spiritual glow, like totally, you know, revamping your life and, you know, just changing what you actually want in your life. And the other, I do offer customized package if, you know, people want to work somewhere in between or a little bit longer. So I'm always like open to different options. I think that's amazing. And I like that you have both one from an individualized standpoint, but two speaking you know, as a therapist, one of the big knocks on therapy is sometimes the open-ended nature of that, right? So if you have eight, eight weeks or 14 weeks, it gives people kind of a guide, kind of a target um, because the old joke about kind of Freudian therapy was you'd be on the couch for two years and decide it's your mother's fault and then you still have to do something about it, right? So that's some of the drawbacks of therapy. You feel like you can just kind of keep going forever and ever and ever. Um, and it's not meant to be that way, but it does sometimes evolve that way. So, but I like that you have those time structured packages. And and I do offer a couple more things. Like one is like my one-on-one clarity call, like for someone who is just looking to get off, get out of their current situation and to understand that. So I do offer that like one-time call as well. Plus I recently started, uh, you know, I understanding that uh, I could do tarot reading as well. So that's something I discovered really recently. So that's what I offer as well, like tarot reading. Uh, so when I was doing the tarot reading sessions, like recently, I used to offer meditation to every single client. And that's what they really loved before that session to actually ground them. So I also started uh, providing a meditation session, like a separate meditation session, like a guided meditation thing. 
So that's what I also started offering because everyone was loving so much. So that's those are the few things that I do offer currently. Soxie, you're amazing. You've got more more menu items than McDonald's at this point. Like you've got, like, <laughs> <laughs> it's growing. What's what's the future for you? What do you do? You have any idea of what next? What's next, or where this is going to evolve in the next couple of years? Like what what are some of the goals? If I were to be very honest, like last year, I sort of made like a bucket list. You know, these are the things I really want to achieve. And one of them was actually coming on a podcast. So that's what, you know, sort of came true for me. And also, like, I do look forward to maybe starting my own one day. That's like where I do have in my vision. And uh, the most part relating to my uh, coaching career, I think it's actually just unfolding itself as I'm understanding my gifts and my talents. So I'm like going with the flow, like what is working for me and for my clients. So developing things accordingly. So that's where where I haven't planned so much because I see like a lot of planning has not really worked. So I think sort of go with it. So what's life offering me? I go according to that. But I do plan on, you know, expanding this field and maybe making sort of a membership place for those people who really want to work on themselves, like for those who can't really get into coaching, but they do want to work on themselves. So something to offer them as well. So that's like could be my next step. No, I think it's amazing. And I can connect with you on that experience. I've, I've thrown away so many plans, right? You plan a year or five years. And I think when you just sort of ride the waves, you know, the universe knows. And if you stay open to those experiences and open to what's next, um, Jim Carrey, the actor, comedian guy, he had a great, um, he was kind of given a great perspective on how he gets ready for movie roles. He doesn't like go for a role. He doesn't say, I want to do this or I want to do that. He'll go to, now people in Hollywood do it a little different. I'm sure he goes to a very fancy retreat or something like that. But he goes to a place where he can just be be still and be silent and he kind of speaks to the universe and he goes, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready. Like whatever you have for me, I'm ready. And then what he says is when those things have happened and he gets him to himself to a state of readiness, things come to him, then roles appear and up. That's the one that I should have been going for the whole time. And he felt like if he was chasing, the goal would be elusive. It would always be resisting. But if he's open, the the intended goal would come to him. And I think that's, I just think it's beautiful and kind of an amazing way to, to go through your life and, and take that stress off of this. Like I have to, by the time that, you know, if I don't have this, by the time I'm 25, I'm a failure. If I don't have this, by the time I'm 20, it's just, it's just not how it works. You know, it's, it's, Though you can have goals like understanding and having that intention that this is something uh, that I want to achieve, but actually chasing it too much actually sometimes, you know, push you backwards. Uh, So what I love to do is like actually uh, feeling that and having that intention that I already have that or that I already am. And then when it sorts of starts flowing into your life. Well, we all think about relationships. So we're in relationship with our goals. We're in relationship with our desired self. And so if you think about just normal like dating relationships, we've all had that experience of people who like are sort of obsessively pursuing you. Right. And they're like calling every day. They're like writing you <laughs> letters, like flowers all the time. Like, uh, and, and that person becomes almost a burden at some point. It's sort of like, oh my gosh, it's this, it's this guy again, or it's this girl again. Yes, I know you're thinking about me. Thanks. You know, it's like constant, constant, constant. Well, think about that same relationship with you with your goals, right? Like, if you're constantly push, 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 there is a natural pursuer distancer things that take place in relationships. And the more you're pushing on that, the more you're actually going to push that away. Um, so it's, you're right. Goals are important to keep us on track, keep us focused. But I think openness and readiness and acceptance and I am as opposed to I want is the way to go. So yeah. awesome. Well, listen, I've, I've enjoyed this time. We're, we're coming up on it. So I want to be respectful of your time. But thank you so much for being here. Um, I'm certain you'll have your podcast. I mean, you've made all these other changes. So if you have that, if you'd like to have me or Ian on, I know Ian and you need yes. to connect on this clarity call you're talking about. Ian, Ian, you could definitely benefit from a clarity call from time to time. I think that sounds right up your alley. Seriously. Thank you, Jason. (laughs) (laughs) So, so thank you so much, Sakshi. I'm so so proud that you came on. And and I think um, the spiritual transformation realm, as opposed to sort of therapy, I think in a way, therapy is not going away. But I think that we're moving into a new age. I think we're moving into a new understanding of change. And what I'd like to say is that therapy and coaching plays what really well together when it's done right. Right. So the therapy can undergird and work on some of the kind of like that you know, the psychological stuff and some of those blocks, but the coaching can really help bring that new reality 
into focus. And so we're th- so thankful for your work and just thank you for all that you do. Thank you so much, Jason, for having me here. It was such a wonderful opportunity. And actually, I loved exploring all the beautiful topics that we discussed. I'm so, so grateful. Thank you so much. And one thing off your bucket list, you've done you've done the podcast. So now you'll go do 100 <laughs> more and you'll stretch your own. It'll be great. So appreciate you, as always. Appreciate Ian for being here uh, to help us look good. Um, and all of you at home, definitely appreciate that you're or in your cars or wherever you're at. Definitely appreciate you taking the time uh, to consume this, whether it's uh, via video on YouTube or any of our other platforms. As always, we give a shout out to our sponsors and New Behavioral Health. I know you heard the little commercial during the middle, but if you are in a coaching situation and you need to work on some of those blocks, you need something to kind of take that to the next level, therapy is a great way to do that. Um, if you're in Ohio or in New Hampshire, a New Behavioral Health is there with psychiatrists, uh, psychologists, nurses, case managers, uh, therapists, pretty much anything that you might need for an integrated approach to support your progress and to support your spiritual transformation. You can always reach them at anewbh.com. So again, thank you to everybody involved. Appreciate you. Appreciate your time. And until next time, uh, take care of yourself. Take care of each other. Thanks so much. Hey guys, although Through Help and Back is an excellent podcast with a lot of great ideas, I do want to let you know that in no way is Through Help and Back expected to be perceived as or relied upon in any way as specific medical advice or mental health advice for you personally. The information provided through Through Help and Back on our website or our podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment that can be provided by your own providers. Do not use our content in lieu of professional advice given by qualified medical professionals and do not disregard professional medical advice or delay seeking professional advice because of the information you have read on our website, heard on our podcast, or otherwise received from us. Although we love discussing issues related to healthcare, mental health, and addiction, we are not providing direct healthcare, mental health care, medical, or nutrition therapy services. We're not attempting to diagnose, treat, prevent, or cure in any manner whatsoever any physical or psychological ailment, any mental or emotional issue, disease, or condition. We are not giving you specific medical, psychological, or religious advice whatsoever. Please take care of yourself and take care of others as you always seek the advice of your own medical providers and your own mental health providers regarding any questions or concerns you have about your specific health or before implementing any recommendations or suggestions from us. These are ideas that have worked for other people. We think it's important to share them. We do not guarantee that they will work for you specifically. Do not stop taking any medications without speaking to your physician nurse practitioner, physician assistant, mental health provider, or any other healthcare or medical professional. And if you have or suspect that you have a medical or mental health issue, contact your own healthcare provider promptly. Also, one last thing, if you know or suspect that you are currently experiencing a crisis, it is absolutely imperative that you seek the advice of your doctor or other emergency healthcare services prior to ever thinking about using our content. We love the conversations. We're glad you're stopping by. We hope you take a lot from the content. But again, for your specific individual medical situation, please always seek quality personal care from your own providers. Do not let this uh, information or this advice stand on its own. Thanks so much for listening.